can do, I'm going to do the best that I can do while I still have time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. My brothers and sisters, God is so good to us, so faithful to us. God continues to provide for us despite our adversities. And God wants to share a word with you out of the book of 1 Kings this morning. Chapter 17. You can find it in your pew Bible on page 246, I believe. 240, 245. We'll get you there. First things. And, you know, my wife is not here today. She's gone today. And she fusses about me reading the long scriptures. She... She ain't here today, chapter 17. <laughs> First Kings, chapter 17. So we're going to read a long scripture, amen. And we're going to make way. And y'all can tell her, y'all can tell her that we did it. She ain't here today, stop it. Amen. And for those of you who like to stand, uh, uh, you can do that. If those of you who don't like to stand for a long time, it's okay. I'm going to read the scripture anyway. Uh, and you're fine. I understand that people can't stand up a long time. I get it. All right. If you would, for your hearing, be patient until we get to the end of this. And uh, I, I really would like the scripture to do all the preaching. But I will do my part. 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning with verse 1, reads thus wise, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except on my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the current ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from brook and I will and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the current ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The raven brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to 
Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as I have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring to bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up. And the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Well, it's another day's journey and I'm glad.
Y'all not going to talk back to me. It's unstable. It's, it's, it's unstable. It's, it's shaky. It's, 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 it's got a lot of twisting and, and it's got a lot of turning. I'm going to do a little spot checking real quick. Because, you know, sometimes my research is bad. In other words, sometimes I, I don't necessarily uh, ask for any witnesses in my hypothesis because I, I kind of lean myself up against the text. But I just need to know, has your life had a lot of twisting? Have your life had a lot of turns in? And there's a time in which as soon as you think you got a handle on it, it takes you through something else. All right, all right, I think I'm all right I think, I think we all kind of understand what we're talking about when we say it might be beautiful, it might be mystical, it might be wondrous, but it's unstable. And, and if you're not careful, life will leave you in a sense of instability all the time. Now, you don't believe what I'm saying? Have you ever met anybody that was just unstable? <laughs> whatever life does to them, whatever wind blows, wherever it shakes them, whatever it does to them, they just respond to it and they just so shaky yeah. and unstable. Yeah. Yeah. And you must don't know nobody that's unstable because if you're around somebody that's unstable long enough, they will give you an utter headache. And matter of fact, if you keep on hanging around long enough, you might be stable, but then after a while, you get unstable. Tell me all they go. Life does this to all of us. As soon as we feel settled and as soon as we get comfortable, life shifts. Then the life shifts. Then the life just don't shift for you, but life shifts for all of us. And if life is not shifting on you, it's shifting on somebody that you love. Help me, Holy Ghost. And because you know them and they get shifted, guess what? Your life gets I just want to get to the end of this sermon, y'all. Life takes us through changes and, and it takes us from one discomfort, Keisha, to another discomfort. Can I get a witness here? And isn't that really, isn't that really the issue we take up with God? Come on, somebody. See, I, I'm not one of those type of preachers where I feel like I got it all together. Matter of fact, I don't think me acting like I got it all together helps you at all. Right, right. Help me, Holy Ghost. Right. See, see, I got to ask the questions that you are meditating on your heart that maybe you're not brave enough to ask. Uh, and there are times in which I know you have asked because I have asked, Lord, what's up with this rickety rockety life stuff? Right, right, right. Can, am I saying anything to you? Lord, why did you create life to be so unstable? Isn't that what we really ask God? And isn't that the problem that we have with God's design of life that it seems like we can't hardly ever tame this thing called life? Well, that's where we meet the prophet. In Isaiah... I mean, Elijah, excuse me, is trying to teach us something about the discomfort and the instability of life. This text is about how Elijah responds to the instability of life. And we can learn something 
from Elijah. Are y'all with me so far? Now, watch this. And this is the life of a believer. This is the life, in this particular instance, of a prophet. But we can all identify with what's going on here with Elijah. God tells Elijah, watch this, that you know what? There's about to be a drought. Yeah. And the drought is going to take over all the land. Yeah. Now, if you're anything like me, <laughs> if you're anything like me, I would be asking God, well, what about me? <laughs> Come on, somebody. And I want to tell you sometimes, God will tell you in advance, if you just listen to him, what's about to take place. Have anybody ever been there? Where you can kind of see the writing on the wall and you can see that this thing ain't going to last very long and God will tell you before he tell everybody else, listen, you better get ready because a wind is about to come by and everything is about to dry up in the land. You better get ready. Is there a witness here? And that's why people wonder, why, why do you want to go to church for? Because sometimes if you learn to get ready at church, <laughs> the word of God came, the word of God came the message preached through the song saying to the prayer pray and kicked you off to what's about to come down. Is there a witness here? Watch this. And so he says that the land is about to dry up, but the Lord is going to provide. I wish I had a witness here. I wish I had a witness here. Life is unstable. And you can't get too comfortable because as soon as you get comfortable, here come change. But the message Elijah is trying to help us understand is, though life be unstable and takes us through these turns and these twists and it's rickety and rockety at times, the Lord is still going to make a way. Wait a minute. Hold on. Here comes the complaint. Elijah doesn't complain, but I complain for him. The Lord says, I want you to get up from here. Because I'm going to, I want you to get up, leave this place, and then go to this other place. And when you get there, I'm going to provide a meal for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Come on. Come on. But the meal that I'm going to provide for you is going to come out of the mouth of a raven. Anybody want to eat? From the mouth of a raven. Does that sound appetizing to you? That you want to eat from the mouth of a raven? But here's your choice. Your choice is you can either take what the Lord provides for you, or you can go back and stay where you are and be disobedient and starve to death. Is there a witness here? And I'm trying to say something to you about those who are complaining about the situation that you're in right now. I'm trying to tell you that even in the situation that you're in right now, God is providing covering and grace for you because if it had not been for what God is doing for you right now, you would starve to death. Come on, somebody. Don't make me preach hard this morning. Listen, listen, listen. It might not be what you want. 
It might not be how you planned it and how you would have it to be. It might not be set up the way you want it to be set up. But I'm trying to tell you, there is a drop in the lane. Come on, somebody. Y'all not going to talk back to me. And drop comes in many forms. Drop comes in the form of lost wages. Drop comes in the form of underemployment. Drop comes in the form of not enough income. But that's what drop comes in the form of loneliness. Hello. Drop comes in the form of the lack of relationship and the lack of friendship. Drop can come in a lot of different ways. And listen, listen, you might not necessarily have a perfect family, but appreciate the family that you got right now. Come on, somebody. Because I'm taking you to something and through something in order to, hey, I'm doing something. Now, let me just say a word right here. See, here's the problem with us. With this individualized Christianity that we've developed, this meism. See, we are a people. Do you understand what that means? We are a people. We together make up a people. You by yourself make up a person. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. When God does something to or with God's people, he don't see you as an individual. He lumps you up with everybody else. And listen, it don't mean that he loves you less. What it means is, is God's going to do something with God's people and you're a part of God's people. And if God has to chastise all of us, all of us going to get a little bit up. Let me slow that down. You need to stop acting like you apart from everybody else. If God's angry with us, he going to get you too. But you're going to make it. Is that witness here? You're going to make it because he's going to provide for you even though you might not like how he provides for you. He's going to ensure that you got a way to make it through. I wish I could talk to somebody. I can identify with this. I can identify with this because I've gone through economic downturns. I've had jobs. I've lost jobs. Am I saying anything to anybody? I've had money. I've lost money. Am I saying anything to anybody? I've been in situations where my home was in jeopardy. I know what it feels like to be looking for the repo, man. Y'all not going to talk back to me. But somehow, some way, not necessarily the way I would have decided, I made it through the provision. Woo! Slow this down here. It's not the preferred meal. But the Lord provides. If there's a drought coming, then he also tells him. Now watch how the Lord does. The Lord tells him, I'm going to provide your meal from a raven, but I'm going to provide your drink from a brook. I'm going to provide your meal from a raven, but I'm going to provide your drink. This guy, man, you a teacher, but how does this make sense? Because he told him that it was going to dry up. He told him a drought was coming. But he said he was going to provide from a brook. 
And what does that mean? That means, listen, I'm going to give you relief even though what I'm going to relieve you with is going to dry up. Y'all not with me so far. Just to kind of make sense of this. He said there was going to be a drought. In order, in order for there to be a drought, then this brook can't last. Y'all not with me. But I'm going I'm to send you there for a brook just for a little while. But listen, it's not for you to stay there. Don't pitch a tent there. Don't uh, expect that brook to keep on coming. Listen, I'll get this brook for a little while, but then prepare to move on. Send a drought and then provide sustenance for me from a brook when the nature of a drought is to dry brooks up. That's God's way of saying what you need to get comfortable with is being uncomfortable. Because I told you to get up from where you are. Then I told you that I was going to provide for you in this new place. But when you get there, don't pitch a tent. Because I want you to get up from there, I'm going to send you somewhere else. And that speaks to the instability of life. Y'all talking to me, somebody? Now listen, you ain't got to, you ain't got to take a logic word for it. Just look at your own life. How many times have God provided for you in a particular place and space in your life just for God to tell you it's enough? Get up from this place and go somewhere else. Is there a witness here? And I just want you to know you're in good company right now. If you're wondering, Lord, why couldn't I just stay here for a little while? It's because God is saying, I'm doing something with my people that's a part of the collective. And I can't have you stay here and finish my work over here. you got to get up from here and move to somewhere else. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. God keeps on moving but every time, oh, I can shout right now. Every time God moves him, God provides. Oh, you missed your shout. Your job goes crazy. That's all right. God provides. Your income is all upside down. That's all right. God provides. You need some relief right now. Just hold on. God will provide. Even your gifts and your winners and that little lottery ticket didn't ran out. That stimulus check didn't ran out. You, pay, you, you bought a raggedy car with them taxes. But God still provides. My brother and sister, the word I'm trying to tell you this morning is, is that in this rickety, rockety, shakety, twisty life, we got to get to the point where we get used to being comfortable with being uncomfortable. There are times when we have to just move on despite what it looks like because God is the one that's trying to Drought coming. God has made a way. Now it's time to leave. Now it's time to move on to another way. Are you seeing the pattern? Here's the pattern. Listen, get up from here. There's a drought coming. I prepared a way for you. Okay, now get up from there. The drought cleared up the brook. Uh-huh. I prepared a way for you. Uh-huh. And you got to go somewhere else. Uh-huh. Don't get comfortable. Right. I might tell you to get up. Right. Do you see the pattern? Uh-huh. The pattern 
no matter what life is doing to you, you gotta keep on moving, baby. You can't stay in one place. You can't stay and get comfortable in one situation. You got to keep on moving because God is about providing for you wherever you go. Oh, y'all thinking y'all y'all still in my thunder. I got to come on home now. Listen to this. Watch this. The lesson here is that life is unstable. But we have to marry faith with obedience. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? So in other words, every time he told Elijah to move, he moved. <laughs> is that a minor point? I think it's a major point. Because we got a whole lot of folk up in church. Every time God tells us, he done brought us 134 years, a mighty long way. And I still got to convince people in the finances and in the people in the committee. I still got to tell them, just keep on moving and God will. Make a way. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, listen, let me just be totally transparent with you. The church is never going to be without a problem. Stop fighting over this. Listen, uh, let me tell you your dad. Now, where's, well, he ain't here, Jessica. Uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Cousin Jerome, here we go. Listen, Jessica, you probably don't know this. Your dad probably never told you this. But your dad been married for 30 some odd years. 36 years. This is a marital advice your dad told me. He said, listen, cuz, when everything is going good and y'all ain't arguing and fussing and fighting, and you've been having a good run with peace, yeah. and y'all not arguing, start arguing. <laughs> They like, what? <laughs> Let me slow that down for you. When he told me that Jessica for the first time, I didn't understand what he was talking about either. But now I've been married 22 years myself. And I understand that sometimes when things are going and ain't nothing, anybody saying nothing, and it seems like there's peace in the valley, sometimes that's deceptive. Sometimes you got some stuff boiling up in your heart. You got some things that are unspeakable, some stuff you want to say that you can't say, and you let uh, peace be still only to get along, go along, to get along. And sometimes, unless you start an argument, unless you start a fight, you can't extract what's really going on up underneath the hood of your back. Sometimes you got to fight to figure it out. Keisha like, oh wow. She like, that's high level stuff. The church is never going to be without a problem because the church always needs a fight. Why does the church always need a fight? Because without the fight, we can't see the power and the provision of God and how God works things out when we don't know how to work things out. Is there a witness here? So get used to it. You settle in. All these people talking about the church always ask for money. Yes, that's what the church does. God designed the church to do that, to work out problems. And I used to hate it when people used to rescue us out of our problems. We would come in, we'd ask for a whole bunch of money, and then one person to write a check. And then I'd get mad, and the people would say, why are you so mad, Pastor? We, we, we had a problem and now it's been solved. 
No, it hasn't been solved because one person was able to carry the whole church. But we're supposed to be carrying the church one by one by one by one by one by one by one. And we don't learn nothing when people rescue us. Is there a witness here? We all got to carry a little bit of this weight. Is there a witness here? And that's what I'm saying about life and how life turns. God always provides some unseen work to be done for the church and for you and for me. The life of a prophet, a prophet is a seer. I'm coming on down. A seer lives in the space between the seen and the unseen. And that's the problem with the life of a prophet is that nobody really can stand a prophet because the prophet is always talking about something that's not yet seen. But you know what? After you walk with God for a little while, in your Christian work, in your Christian journey, you will begin to live between the seen and the unseen. And now I've got, finally come to the point in my life where God doesn't necessarily have to show me everything for me to believe and trust that God is going to bring me through. All God has to tell me is, it's time for you to get up and move. And when you turn that corner, I will provide a way for you. Well, my brothers and sisters, listen, in this particular text, it's funny that the way God provides is through this poor, lowly widow. She tells Elijah, he tells Elijah, get up from this place, I'm going to feed you with raven, I'm going to give you water from the brook. Get up from this place, I want you to go and see this poor, lowly widow. And when he gets there, he sees her. Now, a widow is one that doesn't have a husband. She's got a son. He's probably carrying the, the weight of the household. And she's in a real bad place because she's down to just a little bit of flour. A little bit of oil. She's going to make a little fire. And she's going to take her last meal. Now, the question I have for you and for God is why would God choose somebody that don't even have it to provide for you? You know, the, the Bible says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And you know, we don't know the mind of God, but what God does sometimes is God will provide for us in ways that don't make sense to us, but it makes total sense to God. And it seems to me that, you know, he would have Elijah turn the corner and meet somebody of wealth and prosperity, but he has Elijah go and have to ask from somebody that's down to her very You know what she says? Which is evidence of the lack of her faith in Elijah's God. She says, sir, because in antiquity at that time, it would have been a curse to refuse a stranger. And she says, sir, if your God says do it, then I'll do it. 
Watch this. Now listen, it looks like Elijah has the audacity to double down. She said, I don't have any bread. All I got is a little flour. All I got is a little oil. And I'm going to make a little fire. I don't have any bread. And Elijah says, okay, well, go ahead. Take that little flour. <laughs> take that little oil. And make me some bread. And if you got anything left, give some for your son, too. And that's the problem we have with preachers, isn't it? That's the problem we got with pastors, isn't it? They keep on showing up, asking for stuff, and we down to our last dime. And I don't know right now if this lesson is more for Elijah or more for this woman, but I think it's more about this woman. In other words, she doesn't have a whole lot of faith. This man of God has come and she says, listen, if your God says do so, I'm going to go ahead and do it. That doesn't indicate that she's got a lot of faith. But she says, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and be obedient. I'm down to my last dime. I'm down to my last meal. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Ain't no sense in me holding on to it. Ain't no sense in me trying to make do out of it. If you say do it, then you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. But she didn't know that the prophet brought the word of God. And the word of God didn't give her, didn't promise her that if he would do it, he would give her mansions on the hill and he would prosper her. All he said was, listen, if you do this for me, uh-huh. then I just want to tell you, uh-huh. there'll always be flour. Uh-huh. There'll always be oil. Y'all miss y'all salad. There'll always will be sustenance. There'll always will be food. Now let me just tell you something. In my life, I found out that to be true. That no, I didn't get riches and I didn't get gold and I didn't get mansions. But guess what? There's always food in my refrigerator. Y'all don't want to talk back to me. There's always supply for my needs. Y'all don't want to talk back to me. And I learned that the flower represents provision. There's something in there. The oil makes it palatable. In other words, not only does it give you something, but it gives you something you can handle. He makes it edible for you. If I wish I had a witness here. But you know what? The fire represents the presence of God. The fire says that God is present no matter what it looks like. No matter how far and and out you are, no matter how down trying to do feel, God is given a light in your situation. Well, my brothers and sisters, all you need is to bring the faith. God provides the flower. Yes, God provides the oil. the faith. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now or what you're going through right now. It may not look like what you want it to look like, but let me tell you something. This too shall pass. And he brought you this far not just so he can leave you, but see you the rest of the way. All you need to have is a little faith that will give you a little flour. Yes. A little oil. Yes. And a little fire. Yes. And if you can just have a on your own behalf. Stop protesting on your own behalf. Stop working this out on your own behalf. Stop trying to count them little pennies on your own behalf. Stop trying to go for this on your own behalf. This is just, when God says get up and move, it's time to go. And don't worry about just keep on walking. Because I found out if you keep on walking, he'll take you to your breakthrough. Is there witness here? If you keep on walking, he'll provide for you. If you keep on walking, He'll make a way out of nowhere for you. I wish I had.
had somebody that knew what I was talking about. I got some young people in here that don't know what I'm talking about. They keep thinking that they're going to get saved through money. They think they're going to get saved through fancy things. But listen, they don't know my God. And I, I, I've been walking with God long enough. And I just want to talk to so I just want to survey the land. Can we hear about some of these young people who think that money is God? Is there a witness here? Can you just say anything to it? Has anybody in here been taken care of despite the money in your pocket? Does anybody know God to be able to take care of you and to see you through despite what you've been through? Is there a witness here? Can you tell somebody about my Jesus? Somebody knows my Jesus. Somebody knows him. It's a reminder for some and a review for others. God knows where you are. If you can just have a little faith. He'll work out the flower. He'll give you a little oil. He'll show up like a burning fire. Is there a witness here? Yes. My brother and sister, the Lord is able. Yes. 